Well, friends, if you ever wondered about the power of the podcast, we finally have an answer to that question. Zach and I wondered if we would be somewhere where you wouldn't be able to find us, in a broom closet somewhere, janitor's closet, yeah. maybe next to the restroom. Yeah. No, in the restroom. <laughs> in the restroom. Yeah, What's etiquette? For, you're not supposed to talk to anybody. What happens when you're recording a show in there? Nope. They stuck your, your old pals, Zach and TJ, right next to the Field of Dreams, where you can see us at Guards Fest. How shocked are you? Not about just us being here, which is cool enough. To, we've been talking about this for the last several years. When this comes back, let's do a live show there. Well, this isn't live. We're recording this, but we're here, but we're also right in the middle of everything. This is fantastic. This is my field of dreams. <laughs> I mean, just how cool is this? We can look around and you can hear it in the background. And yeah, there's going to be crowd and there's going to be speakers. And that's part of the atmosphere. If you couldn't be here at Guards Fest, we will be your, well, we can't be your eyes, but we can definitely be your ears. Yeah, it's been great interacting with some of our listeners who have popped over to say hello. And we're not too far from the racks of random jerseys. <laughs> oh, yes. We're not too far from the APL, which I assume has some puppies that you can take home. Oh. I mean, this is, where else would you want to be? In fact, one of our listeners, apparently, they just adopted a puppy. Ah. Yeah, that happened while we were getting ready to record. How about that? So that that's the that's what could happen. Anything could happen. We make that joke all the time. Anything could happen on this show. Sam Henches could walk right by us and not care that, not put, off, put on a headset or anything. But anything could happen. That's the definition of today. Well, we know that two of three players who were just playing with some kids in the field of dreams like hot dogs. <laughs> so my goal, the mission for this podcast needs to be to find the Cleveland Guardian who does not like hot dogs. How does that Was work? Was it Sam Henches? Was it Ahmed Rosario? It might be. He just ducked down. He doesn't want people to know. Well, this is all about uh, connecting with fans, certainly for the team. For us, I feel like it's an ability to connect with everybody. It's so cool to, to put names and faces and voices together. We're so happy that we've already been able to meet a few. Hopefully a few people just stop by and, and join the show. I'm all for that. But this is also a time to think about the year ahead. And you have posed it for several weeks maybe in, in response to MLB.com recently putting out an article about teams in the future when they will win the World Series, predicting, predicting the next 10. Is that right? Yeah. Or through, was it, or through the rest of the decade? Is it just the rest of the decade? Okay. It's hard I'm enough. putting to... as much thought into this as went into the article, I think. <laughs> I think somebody in our Discord was right when they said, it's probably thinking of, how can we maximize the most amount of fan bases that click on this? How right. do you do that? By having different combinations in every World Series. How did that happen? But in all seriousness, the team that wins the World Series at this time, maybe there's a handful that think they might be at the end holding up the, the trophy and that's the goal. But do you really know? Do you really know? Imagine if we were here at this time last year, which we couldn't be, but if we were, would we have known what was going to happen, how fun that ride would have been, how it all would have played out? Hell no. This is a time to have some optimism, look ahead, and perhaps thinking about when is the, the best chance for this Guardians team to go win a World Series? Well, there's a, a few components to this. I think number one, we can touch on a little bit of what we talked about 
this past week with the farm system because this team's top prospects are all on the cusp. So yeah. do they need to be part of the next championship team, or can you win one before Espino and Williams and Bybee Ooh. get here? I don't know. I think that's a question. I think the other component of this is maybe the other half of the prospect equation, and that's the middle infield and Ahmed Rosario. And you he was just hanging out with some kids right behind yes. us. Did you? Do we just want to get him on the podcast? <laughs> I have a signaling. Come over he here. He can Let's... talk about the Ahmed Rosario Wars himself. I want to know where he weighs in on his own war. <laughs> How does he think it's going? You're all sick of hearing about it, but what if the man <laughs> in question is the one talking about it? Yeah. I mean, but you're right about just the the level of youth that is soon to arrive because as I'm walking around, I am seeing some of the, the mainstay talent guys that they're going to be asking a lot of, but I'm also seeing Brian Rocchio. I'm seeing Joe Kenzie Noel tower over everybody. That that guy looks unreal in his uniform standing out on a field, I guess, amongst a bunch of younger kids, but also just standing next to Brian Rocchio. He looks <laughs> unreal. It's about thinking ahead to this year, but it's also fun to dream about the next several guards fest and think about the the Brian Rocchios that are out there playing catch that are semi-known to many hardcore fans, but to casual fans, maybe they've heard the name, that's it. That guy could be the star that everyone can't wait to see in two, three years. That's, that to me is also the fun of this. You get a chance to connect with and see people interact that aren't on the map yet, but soon will be. We talked about this, but I think the most impressive part over. about the state of the franchise is that it's so young still, right? So yeah. you've gotten the tough part out of the way, it, which is figuring out the formula that's going to get you to the postseason. It's going to get you a division championship. That's going to get you experience so that you understand what it requires to win in October. They've done that part, right? Yeah. And yet you're still wondering, like, where Arias fits, where Freeman fits what it's going to take to get Valera up here and thriving. And those are good questions to have when you have the foundation that they established last year. I think it's great. Like, having Guards Fest is critical for this organization to just yeah get these young kids' experience, get the fans in tune with who is coming. I think it would have been, I'm sure they were kicking themselves that they didn't have this last year when you knew it was going to be a long year with a lot of young kids Who? auditioning. Who? Right. Who? That was almost every other day. Stephen Kwan. Wait, I think I heard his name on the... TJ wouldn't stop talking about this guy <laughs> a couple weeks ago. So Look, it was it's, right. Look, it was right. They're just in a, such a unique spot. And it, it's amazing. Yeah, you see the list of people at Guards Fest, and most of them, a lot of them haven't debuted yet. Mm-mm. A lot of them... I mean, some of them are in, like, double A. Right. It's, it's just... But think about for them, too. You might play for an organization, and maybe you've you've had your picture day when you signed your contract, and you can put it in your bio that you're part of an organization. But when you're playing down in the minor leagues, i got to imagine it's tough to still feel connected to the major league organization. That feels like a dream that is way far down the yellow brick road. When you come to an event like this, you have to feel like, I, I am legitimately part of this organization, this team. I could be someone that the fans are, are, are gathering and have a huge line for and just it, for this organization, it might be within one year, you could be that guy. I think it helps set in for younger players too, 
in a, a situation like this, that they're, they're part of this organization, they're part of this team, and they're not that far off. Well, how many of them can say, hey, I played with Stephen Kwan last right. year. I played right. with right. Will Brennan. Uh, so, yeah, there, there's... Everyone, double-A and higher, should believe, I might be in the major leagues this year. Like, that is entirely possible. And it doesn't have to be too daunting because how many of those kids last season came up and excelled? Exactly. And that's not the norm, but I, this organization is doing something right to make people believe it can be. We're recording the these segments kind of disjointed because the schedule is going to be all over the place. So we might reference something that we actually end up it might end up happening later in the show. I don't know how this is going to work. You think we're going to find out who doesn't like hot dogs? <laughs> I'm hoping so by the end of this show. I heard our pal Andre Nutt recently doing a podcast, uh, Barstool podcast, and he said something that I thought was... That most Cleveland media sucks? <laughs> I thought he said something that was very spot on in regard to the Guardians. He said that something like last year can probably never happen again. And it's just not going to happen again. Not to the degree in which it did. If you think about just everything that happened this past year and the way that it happened with all of the younger players contributing the way that they did, that you have players that were barely on the radar starting playoff games for you at first base, that you had Oscar Gonzalez, who wasn't protected in a Rule 5 draft that never happened, delivering walk-off base hits to win you playoff games against the Yankees. And all of the younger players that made their debuts. It's, it's truly incredible. I really am struggling to think of a, a situation where it's not about just con, uh, committing to the youth, but having the youth then step up and deliver the amount of times that they did and the, the way that they were counting on all those younger players. That's what's fun to dream about at, at places like this, where you're going to see a lot of the, the next wave of talent come through. So every year, I think, what would it require to be able to write a book about this season? It takes a lot. 2016, publisher I was working with, they had to win the World Series. You could have written a book about that. Oh, sure. Um, it certainly would sell more if they win the World Series. I think last season... I think if they would have advanced past the Yankees, don't you think that would have been bookworthy? Just because I, I, you said it, it's like I mean, close as it was. If I would have told you in the spring, and don't forget there was a lockout going on, so you knew even less about the team. Spring training was shortened, guys were on different workloads to prep for the season. So if I would have told you in March, hey, 17 players are going to debut. Oscar Gonzalez will play a big role. Yep. Gabriel Arias will be playing first base by the end of the year. You would have said, good grief, this team's going to go 64 and 98. Right. That didn't happen. It, it, you're right. It's what transpired last season is not supposed to equate to winning. It, it's just, it never does. It, that, like, what happened last season, the way it unfolded and the way new rookies came up and contributed – that's like what the Royals go into most seasons expecting. <laughs> you know, that's what the Marlins and the Rockies plan every year. So rarely does that equate to 92 wins and a chance to, to be in the final four of baseball. But you're right. You can't just bank on that happening year after year. And I think what gives this organization hope is that you don't have to. There is depth if people falter and there's trade capital if you need it. So... You know, you could argue that maybe they should have used some of that this offseason. 
just to, to take away some of the uncertainty. And still could. And still could. Twins keep making moves. Are they better? I don't know. We'll talk about that. But it, it's they're just in a good spot. And, you know, we've talked about this before, too, but, like, expectations change. So you're not going to sneak up on anybody. It's you're, People are, can still enjoy the journey, but... You know, I don't know that you're going to enjoy it as much as you did last regular season, especially <laughs> in the second half. Well, it was so. it was a unique situation where I, I, Tito hated saying that they were playing with house money. Internally, I get why they're saying they're not playing sure. with house money. It, it hurts whether you win or lose. For a fan, that had to add to the fun that you weren't supposed to be good. I mean, maybe you thought you're this team was going to be okay, but you didn't think you're going to be but winning the division. But not the way it went. No, certainly not. If you thought they were going to be okay, it's because you thought Plesak and Savali would pitch really well and you'd have a great rotation. And Yes. I don't know. Framil Reyes would hit 40 home runs, but who the hell would predict that? Nobody on this podcast, that's for sure. Not four years in a row, certainly. <laughs> you just thought, if you keep doing it, eventually it's going to happen, right? Right? Unfortunately not. Bueller. Doesn't that also suggest how much can change in a year? Fran Mil Reyes this time last year, if there would have been a Guards Fest, would have you know had among the longest lines to go meet that guy. That's the power hitting DH cleanup bat. Now, nowhere to be found. Does he have a home yet? Does he even, other than helping out Ramirez and I want the Twins to sign him to just utilize the body space that Miguel Sano occupied. Is is Jenkensi Noel as big as Framil Reyes? Uh, he might be once he's the same age. Okay. He looks a little bit more. I feel like um, Framil could play left tackle. Noel might be more like an edge rusher. Defensive end for yeah. sure. Yeah, defensive end. Where are we at? What do we got? Let's just share the schedule. What do we, what do we got going Josh on? Josh Bell interview coming well, soon. Ooh. Does that mean we should uh, hit the old pause button and resume? Yeah, let's do that. All right. And maybe we'll come back with anything interesting that he said. Oh, okay. Well, more on that coming up on the Selby's Godcast. Welcome back to you and me. The listeners haven't gone anywhere. I feel like we should have had some sponsors lined up because we could have easily placed commercials throughout this episode. Why not? Why did we... What, what were we thinking? Waking Lizard, hello. I mean, come on. I, I know they listen because they... Podbean, hello. Went, ...went through the YouTube and saw all the things that we were saying about them. When we last left you, we had yet to talk to any players or Tito. Now we're back and we've talked to all the players and Tito and we have... All the information you could ever want. So where do we start? What stood out to you? Did you have a favorite quote? I feel like there are a lot. I would say it was probably Will Brennan just ripping on himself for about five minutes straight. <laughs> uh, I think this team has so much more personality than maybe people realize. A lot of really good talkers, Will Brennan being one of them. How about Stephen Kwan? Just he was a potato yeah. and slept till noon for the first month of the offseason. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed usually, that. Usually, you wouldn't want to hear your players say that, but uh, he looks like he's in good shape. And he's you you see a player from at home when you're watching, and you try to to gain an understanding of the way that person actually is. And he looks very unassuming, I guess would be the the correct word for him. And, and you wonder. Is that actually how they are? No. Stephen Kwan looks about as laid back and as casual as you will find 
And he essentially said that when he was asked if he gets recognized much walking around Chicago, and he said no, because he doesn't look like a Major League Baseball player. There's also a lot of, I think there's not only people that know how to, to, to offer a pretty funny quote, but it seems like there's a lot of, of guys that, uh, at least at this point in their career, they're very humble, I guess, is mm-hmm. the way I could phrase that. Which I think is important. You don't want guys who, okay, they had a successful first season, they made the playoffs, they got to play the Yankees in New York, and it was came down to the wire, and so they can just cruise to the postseason again this year. You want guys yeah. to stay hungry. I think it helps. You've been talking about this all day, but when you have another wave of young players on your heels, kind of forces you to stay hungry and motivated, right? You would think so. Yeah, and I think I think it's beneficial to those younger players too that they can look at a blueprint that was very recently used for that player that's ahead of you on the depth chart to reach the major leagues. You know, we had talked about this last week in regard to Arias and how he, he had to go through some probably uh, struggles internally to be able to stay mentally prepared for that opportunity and maybe the, the numbers suffered a little bit. These younger players here, they have a a blueprint of, of other guys that have just come up this past year that not only can you watch the, the way they went about it, but I can ask any of the players that just went through what I'm about to go through how they handled it. Maybe I can take something positive away. And it looks like it's an inclusive enough clubhouse that there's not going to be a lot of, I don't want to share this information with you because you're going to steal my job. Although I'm sure there's always some degree of that. I think there's just enough friendships and relationships built up that it could only help a lot of of younger players that like they have. Remember the famous picture our buddy Jordan Bastion took about six years ago in spring training when Corey Kluber was throwing a side session and you have Bieber and Savali and was Plesak in that bunch? You you had a handful of low-level minor leaguers who were watching a master at his craft and probably thinking, man, I hope one day I can... I can be one-tenth of what this guy is, and you fast-forward five minutes, and they are. Yeah. And it's, you know, you don't have that anymore because, and I think a big part of it was, like, Savali and Plesak probably went into 2019 thinking, I don't know, I hope I get to AAA, and maybe I can put myself in big league camp next year. Right. The next thing you know, they're pitching for this team that's trying to chase down a wild-card spot, and it's pretty similar this year. Will Brennan said, like, I started last year in double a and i had no thoughts of being on a postseason roster in the major leagues so i think it just opens your eyes that so much is possible over the course of a full major league season and and you can i keep saying like once you get to double a you you don't want to keep thinking "Ooh, i'm so close to the majors that's can only detract from your performance but it's if you're being realistic about it I mean, especially the way this team is operated. You could be in the major leagues. Yeah, right. And it's not just be in the major leagues, and it's it's fun, and it's all nice and cute, and you're there for five <laughs> minutes just, like, watching everybody else. But, like, you might play a big role. And yeah. you, might be ex- you could be expected to actually thrive at that level. And based on the performances last season, you have to be ready for that. that that's what I keep coming back to the, the Arias topic, because – he probably did not handle it the best. But yet here he is playing first base in the playoffs. You just don't know 
And so being prepared as this organization uh, really tries to, I think, drill within these players' minds, I can hear that. But when I see it play out, that's a different story. I liked what, how Will Brennan phrased it, where he said, it's a wait-your-turn concept, but the better you play, the quicker your turn will come. Sure. So it's, it, yeah, you can get impatient, and other guys might get called up before you, even though you feel you're deserving. But if you keep at it, you force the issue. Absolutely. Now, there were a couple of things that I actually found really interesting within the conversations we just had with the players. And that, that's a... What are you, you're always talking about in a post-game. You don't really get much out of it. You're, you never know what you're really going to get in a setting where everybody's around and everyone's trying to hit on different topics and elements for their stories. And if you come away with one or two things that really left you like, oh, that, that was uh, eye-opening or something I didn't expect or something I hadn't thought, it's a really successful conversation. I felt we got that with Josh Bell in regard to his discussion on the shift. He said something I, th I thought was really intriguing and I hadn't considered before. Haven't we covered at length that the how much the shift impacts the hitters, we're probably overselling it a little bit, that it's not going to be as impactful as we think. I mean, you keep saying that we are overselling it, that I'm starting to get to the point that maybe we're going to be underselling it. <laughs> well, he mentioned that it, it might not even be as much about that there are going to be holes on the right side. In, in reality, maybe five, six balls squeak through there in the course of a season. And it raises your batting average, but you might also lose a couple of the swinging bunts that maybe yeah. you got. What I found interesting is that in the approach element, which is what I find fascinating, as a hitter, you can go up there and not worry so much about your process not leading you to the best results because the defense is going to take it away. You just go up there and execute, and you think, what can I drive? I'm going to swing at it. He said one thing that I thought was really interesting, in pitch selection as a hitter, there might be certain pitches that you could potentially or are close to doing damage on, but you have to think, is this a pitch that I would just roll over? Is there a chance I'm just going to roll over on this ball and i got to let this go? But what if that's close to also the same pitch that you drive out of the ballpark, that you're trying to hook over the fence in right field? To me, the, the, the results of the shift probably not going to be that big as far as just where the ball goes. I think what, we're, what it's going to be impossible to figure out until we actually watch it, how does it impact guys' philosophies and the, the way that they're uh, going after their at-bats? I think it's going to be a work in progress, too. Don't you think it's going to take guys time to understand the full scope of how it affects them? And it's going to affect everybody differently. But, like, I feel like Josh Bell's going to have a better handle on this in oh, July yeah. than he does now and then he does in April. And it's going to be the other way around, too. I mean, I think opposing teams and defenses are going to change over the course of time, too. I, I, I don't know. I So many players said today, like, yeah, like they've thought about the changes a little bit, but they haven't really spent too much time thinking about it. no mind. Yeah, and I kind of think that's just, you know, they'll, they'll talk about it when they get to spring training. And I think you just have to learn by experience. Because there are elements of 
every single change that you can't fully know until you actually watch it play out. Right. That, like, Bell's a great case, too, because he's been so many different hitters during his career. <laughs> you know, he's been the 300 hitter who has a really high on-base percentage. Maybe the power's not quite there. I mean, he hit, what, 17 home runs last season? And then we've seen him hit 37. And we've seen him be, yeah. like, sort of like a 250 hitter with a lot of power. So what does he want to be? I mean, it's, this is the first time where he's, he's kind of had a blank canvas. Well, he even said that he feels like he can approach this like he used to in the minor leagues. Yeah. That he no longer has to think about, even consider, do I change my approach? Do I go for the single if they're just giving it to me on the left side? I just go up there, and I, if I think I can do damage on this, I don't have to worry about it rolling into the shift. I just go handle it. And if it turns into an out, so be it. But that's one less thing for the hitter to have to think about at the plate. The, the, what did he say? He, he feels more free. Is that how he phrased it? Yeah. More freedom as a hitter, just knowing that you're going to get rewarded, or perhaps you are. Until they start playing with the right fielder on the cusp of the infield dirt. Would Miles Straw like that because he gets to cover yes, more ground? Absolutely. But that's that's the the way that I thought that he was uh, approaching it. Are you more interested to watch the lineup this year or the pitching staff? I could eat those every day if I could. Initially, probably the lineup because there's two new players there and doesn't it seem I like it there's hit. more like Quan in year Get two that's an interesting storyline to me Ahmed Rosario contract year that's an interesting storyline to me and Jose they have, Ramirez they have not they talked have not about, an talked extension, about an extension according to Ahmed himself I'm sure, nice. I, I was oh. gonna say I'm sure they will in spring training I don't know if I'm sure they'll at least broach the topic, whether they want to sign him long-term or not. See where his head's at. But, like, you can go up and down the lineup, though, and I feel like there's some bit of mystery that I'm curious to see what the result is. I mean, even Jose Ramirez, fully healthy, no shift. That's interesting to me. Josh Naylor we got to talk to in an off-season that was – normal for him where he didn't just have to spend every day strengthening his leg yeah um i think you know he wants to prove that he can be in the lineup 160 times whether a lefty or a righty's on the mound you go up and down that lineup and there are people who i i just i want to know more with the pitching staff i feel like i know what i'm getting from bieber and mckenzie and some semblance of an idea with even like quantrill and savali and I just, as interested as I am to see the young pitchers who maybe we haven't seen much of or any of yet, the lineup is just, there are so many possible outcomes, one through nine, and then even the guys behind them, I'm interested to see what it looks like. Do you think we are in for a different version of Josh Naylor this year? No headbutts, you mean? Uh, that could factor in. Less play. rocking of the baby. I didn't realize that that created such a stir. 
to the point that we're still talking about it <laughs> three months later. Apparently. I mean, it's... He said it like it's an organic emotion. It's not like he was plotting that, like, if I hit a home run off Garrett Cole, <laughs> then I need to make sure I have the celebration planned. I have no issue with any celebration on the field that's genuine, that's organic like that. So, who knows? I mean, he said, you know, we'll see. But I don't think you can take the passion and the excitement out of that guy. No, I, I was more thinking in line of what does an offseason, as you put it, that's more normal when you asked him about it, how does that change how he goes about his season? And he was even talking about last offseason he was spending... 90, 95% of his energy just into making sure that dude could walk, could run, could get around where he needed to. This offseason, yeah, he's still working on strengthening the legs and making sure everything is where it needs to be. But he can work on upper body. He can work on strengthening in his arms. He can work on agility. He can work on other parts of his game that were just completely off the table last year. He said 90 consecutive days of like solely focusing on his leg and strengthening it. Yeah, I mean, it's like... If I spend... Speaking of which, he's right behind us. If I spend three consecutive months playing the piano, and then I pick up a tuba, <laughs> I don't know how good of I'm going to be at the tuba, even if I had played the tuba That I need to see. <laughs> Is everybody taking pictures of us? or of it's, e- it's either us or some guy named Naylor. That, that is why I find his, his early season to be especially intriguing not that he's completely unknown but have we seen all of what his capability is yet we saw him more healthy early in his career but he was progressing to know he even belonged now he has more of that aspect and has learned of what makes him successful now he could potentially have the health to go along with let me put you on the spot oh god i'm gonna list four names you're gonna rank them in terms of who will hit the most home runs to who will hit the least home runs. Most home runs to least home runs. Okay. Josh Naylor, Josh Bell, Oscar Gonzalez, Jose Ramirez. Ooh, uh, I will go Ramirez, Gonzalez, Naylor, Bell. Bell last? Why are you Bell paying him $16.5 million? Well, I didn't tell you that Ramirez hits 42, Gonzalez hits 40, Naylor hits 39, and Bell hits 38. Wow. Yeah. Team would do pretty well if that happened. It'd be like the Twins a couple of years ago, just with the actual legal balls. Are they good? To any funny, weird balls. Juiced. The Bomba Squad. What are they now? No arise. No arise. All pitching. He uh, didn't really contribute much. Why don't you make the whole plane out of number three starters? <laughs> the power aspect. I've, I've been chewing on that one for a while. Initially, I didn't get it. I'm going to admit I'm biased because I really like Luis Arise. I think he is a guy that aspects of his game are hard to, co- to completely quantify. Terry Francona predicted he'd win a batting title like four years ago, by the way. Uh-huh. And you still are waiting for Fronmel. I to win a batting title? No. Don't you think that he's a guy that, if I say he's twenty percent above league average in run creation, it doesn't completely correct. Encapsulate. Isn't Quan the same way? 
what does it take out of a pitcher to know that this guy is a tough out? That he, I might have to waste ten pitches on this guy. If I, I think one of the best compliments you can give a hitter is he's annoying <laughs> to pitchers. Sure. And I think Arise exemplifies that as well as anybody. Now, I also get from the Twins' perspective, they don't have a clear place to play him now that Correa is coming back. Uh, I will hear that they perhaps are going to be more that it's going to be easier for them to replace the offense that they lose for, with a rise than maybe what they could get an upside ceiling with getting Pablo Lopez from Miami. In munching on it for now about 24 hours, I like it a little bit better for the Twins than I did initially. I'm still not probably over the moon as much as everybody else is about it. I just I feel like there are some pretty important things that have to happen for it to be a really good trade at on the surface it's probably making them a little bit better they're interesting I, I just don't know what to expect that lineup looks a lot less um daunting i guess than it did there were times when even last year like you're looking at the one through nine and you're trying to figure out where you could breathe if you're a starting pitcher facing them and that certainly was the case a few years ago when they were hitting all those home runs and when Mitch Garver's hitting 30 home runs out of the number nine spot oh my goodness um so yeah I mean it, I they're trying to make this a three-team race we'll see if they do just that but I I we can circle back for a minute to the Naylor the home run question don't you think those four could finish in any order yeah The odds are pretty good that it's going to be Ramirez number one, though. You think so? Don't you think? I don't know. I, I'm he curious. He's the smallest by far. <laughs> he's also optimal. And we're not even talking about Andre Semenes. What if that guy takes another step forward power-wise? Everyone says Quan's going to hit for more power. Ooh, Quan leaves the team, and that's not good. If I, I can guarantee you if Quan leads the team in home runs, it's not because it was a positive thing. Will those four rank one through four? Uh, Zanino. Where is Zanino? I was going to ask about Zanino. I was going to ask about Valera. Coming off the injury, expecting he's going to hit close to 30 home runs is probably a bit Straw. unfair. <laughs> Inside the Parkers? I don't know how that's Will Straw work. hit a home run in 2023? Yes. Okay. I think yes. The answer is yes, he will. Do Inside the Parkers qualify? No. Oh, damn it. Then no, he's not going to. <laughs> Gonzalez will continue to fascinate us until he no longer plays, probably. I still have questions about his ability to get to his full power when he's not as disciplined as he could be. It's a lot harder to hit a ball outside the strike zone out of the ballpark than it is a ball that's in the strike zone out of the ballpark. So you mentioned Jenkensi Noel earlier and how he looks like peak Javon Curse. <laughs> yeah. And I know we can, we all get carried away with best shape of their lives, and you, know, you get to spring training, and you think every player is gonna just have a career year. But don't you just look at Oscar Gonzalez and say like, God, that guy looks like he's just gonna <laughs> hit thirty-five jacks, and I don't know, something about his size and, and his looks build. so happy doing it. Yeah. Just looks just so joyous. I don't know. I mean, for him, it's just all pitch like swing decisions right well wasn't it was it brennan that, that was like 
what are you guys talking about? This dude's been hitting at every level. Was, was it Brendan that was talking about yeah. that? And he's right. But I think just that profile makes you question things more than many other profiles because it's a hard one to, I don't want to say fix, but it's a hard one to, he's just going to have to prove that he can adapt because if you're, if you're a pitcher facing him, why would you ever throw anything in the strike zone? Yes. This also comes back to a conversation you will keep wanting to have with, with Andre if he ever stops moving around and has other commitments. We, we, you know, we understand why a prospect list would look at a guy like Oscar Gonzalez and say, I'm not predicting anything guaranteed with a guy like that. But imagine being Will Brennan. You come up, you play with this guy, you're at a, with him at a bunch of levels. All you see, this dude is rake. He's raking at every level. And you would think, what, what am I missing? What am I missing? And so in that aspect, I understand where he's coming from, that that anyone would say he wasn't expected to be anything great. And you just think, why? I watched this guy play. You can't utilize that, that, that way of viewing prospects because you would get tricked a lot. But isn't there some degree of... I mean, you're talking about what are we missing? Isn't there something there that we're that has been missed? Yeah. I mean, I can't you say the same thing about Brennan? He's never sniffed a top 100. And Quan never. I mean, I think Fangraphs liked him, but that was it. And nobody liked him until last offseason. Can't you can't you make similar arguments? What is yeah. it? What is it that everybody's looking for? That it seems like certain guys have and certain guys don't, despite some of the tools, despite the performance. At what point do you just trust, do you just go with the performance, or at least give it more weight? I don't know. I would say once he reaches the big leagues, but then you want him to repeat. Yeah. You want him to show that it wasn't a fluke. Prove you can adjust. So what is it, two years? If, if Oscar Gonzalez puts up similar stat lines... Would you then believe in him? Mike Chernoff has denied our half-assed attempt. At least to get he did on. it with a smile on his face. Nope. No, we're good. I think it's tough. I mean, I, I like what more would Stephen Kwan have needed to prove in the minors? Nothing. Right. What more does Will Brennan need to prove? Nothing. There's nothing we can learn about them that we just. That would change our minds beyond just watching at the major league. Right. So I I haven't examined Will Brennan enough in the minors to know about his swing mechanics or this or that. But I have watched the guy hit in the majors for a little bit, and I've seen his stats, and I've talked to people about his ability. I certainly, like, I I mean, I also thought Owen Miller would be a really good major league hitter, and who knows, maybe he will in Milwaukee in his hometown. But... I think Will Brennan can hit major league pitching. I'm not as informed as the people making these lists, but what am I missing that should temper my expectations? That that's what I can't figure out and why I think it would be interesting to talk to some of the scouts and some of the people who are making these rankings because and and they'll be the first to tell you that like these things aren't foolproof. But I you know, everyone talks about like the Guardians always talk about refining every process they have and I think you could say the same thing about 
Baseball America, Baseball Prospectus, whatever. Sure. So that like they're trying to learn from their process too, so that they're more accurate year after year. I'd be curious to know what they've learned and how they can apply it. It's tough because no player is the same and that works positively and negatively. If a guy is having a great minor league career, maybe he is the type that is just going to keep beating expectations. Right. At what point do we just say, you know what? I just didn't see it and I never thought that this guy could produce, but he's been in the major leagues for eight years and he's a seven-time all-star. I guess I was wrong. <laughs> and I, don't, I still don't quite understand how it works, but it works. There are guys like that. Right. We would say it for years. How is Eddie Rosario a good hitter? Even Arise. Arise doesn't hit the ball that hard. Yeah, right. I mean, you have elite contact and elite um, strikeout, right? But, like, so does Quan. So why why is that missed there? If you knew Arise would do what he did in the majors, wouldn't he have been a top 100 prospect? Right. Sure. But also probably still not beyond what those other guys that have superstar potential ceilings. You would still say he, uh, well, we know what he is, but he's he might not be a guy that's winning an MVP. And I think that's what this prospect could be. And that's why I like so when, like, I, I know Keith Law can be very different and not always correct. I don't think any of these people are correct. But I like that he is—he will right? say it. Right. He is—he does not look at any other lists before he releases his. Come on, come on in. My name is Linda, and I love your podcast. It's uh, just jump on, jump on. Jeez, I sound like like I'm 12 on here. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> How's your baby? He's awesome. Thank how's, you. How's Linus? He's doing better. Better? Um, oh, what happened? He had uh, ACL surgery in December. Yeah, this is all. Are we are this oh, recording right now? Yeah, yeah. So, oh, so, he's, oh, he's, he's like a week and a half away from being going. He's got like an eight-week recovery program. Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, he's, he's hey. labs, you know. Yeah, it happens. It happens. But, you know, I just, uh, I love, I'm your one of your Patreon supporters. Thank, well, thank you. you. And, oh, definitely. And I... You guys are my favorite podcast. You guys have a right balance of the positive and the negative. You're not like all, you know, you're, I like, I love your critiques. And I just, you guys are well, thank you. quite entertaining. And I just want to say thank you for having a, a great podcast. Well, I, oh, I enjoy your writing too. I appreciate that. I, I've, uh, I'm not trying to like fangirl you or anything here but no I, re- I really enjoy your books I bought your most recent uh, oh, the one of the 95 Indians yeah. I love that one oh you wrote a book about the 95 Indians That's Cleveland nice. Rocks you can find it on Triumph Sports or Amazon Barnes and Noble <laughs> yeah I no I just no, I just wanted to come by and say well, thank you guys you. are awesome that was part of the fun of us doing this is that we we're, we can have people come up and just say hi to us, and we can stick that on the show. So. Oh, cool! Well, I hope I hope I sound intelligent at least. But. Any shout-outs to anybody? Want anybody want to say hi to? Oh gosh! Uh, no, I'll have. Prices right? Yes. Oh, like oh, you like love that show. Oh, like oh. Spinning uh, the wheel. Any shout-outs to anybody? Uh, not that I can think of right now. I have to come back and think about it. Who's the player you're most excited to watch in 2023? I'm Stephen Kwan. Okay. Stephen Kwan was my favorite to watch this year, and and hopefully he continues it. And I have every reason to believe he'll continue his success. Just so he just is good at every everything, you know. His 
Yeah. His defense is hitting. He's a smart player. I'm excited to watch uh, Josh Bell. Happy you got him. We need the bats. Um, and uh, Bieber, of course, you know. My dad is so do the, so the Guardians. Uh, yeah, so. I know. I know. I know. But uh, He's getting married know, right now. Yeah, I, uh, uh, Stephen Kwan, I'd say, is my favorite player to watch right now. Well, thank you. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for stopping by. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm Linda, and you guys are awesome, and continue to great work. Thank you. Great to meet you. Thank you. Thank you. See? That was part of the fun, just letting people come up and say hi. I guess that's what I... We had our first commercial, basically. I just didn't realize that the sponsor would be us. (laughs) I was just going to cut that. That's going to be the intro, is how much they love. We should also mention we were... With your books. We uh, had cookies dropped off to us. Yes. Delicious. And, and we, you had one, right? Yes. It was delicious. I mean, it was fantastic. Um, and, I, and I also love that uh, she led us perfectly back into our, our topic on Stephen Kwan. And what were we just talking about, though? Something about missing things on prospects. And well, I felt like I had a great point to make, and I can't remember. Hi. Hey, hi. I've been nervous, so I come up here and talk Oh, sit down. Sit down. How are you? Good. How are you guys? Good. What's your name? Uh, Nick. Nick. Thomas. Yeah. Nick. How are you? I'm. I'm great. I've, I've been standing there for like five minutes waiting to like make the right time to come up to you guys. I didn't want to just interrupt. There's in the never middle. a wrong time. Yeah. yeah. This show is a train wreck. So just do what you. I mean, you guys keep saying that, but I don't think it is. So. <laughs> well, as long as we keep our expectations low, then that's fine. Okay. Fair enough. I just fair saw enough. someone walk past in a Brian Rocchio jersey, and I was thinking, wow. That looks kind of random. Number 66, I haven't seen that. Good random jersey. And then I realized it was Brian Rocchio. Yeah, I know. You guys just, I just missed my opportunity. One of the top prospects, you know. So you chose us over one of the top prospects. I I guess. I guess you could say that. But what are you excited for in in 2023? 2023, excited for just to watch them again. Um, I I always watch like game highlights. So I'm just like, "Eh, I got nothing to do for the next 20 minutes. Let's just watch (laughs) game three over again. Or at least the highlights for the 10 minutes on YouTube. Oh, we've so. never done something like that. No, not at all. No, never, never anything like that. I, I think it's because of when, like, the season's in Cleveland. Because, like, the NFL offseason is so long because the season's so short. Baseball is the shortest offseason. But I think because it happens over winter, it feels like the worst. Like, it's just the, it's painful. Whereas... Like NFL offseason is longer, but at least it's the summer and you're busy and you got stuff to do. Yeah. Have you enjoyed Guards Fest? We just got here. We saw SpongeBob guy. I need to get a picture with him. <laughs> He's on my list. You and you guys meeting you guys and SpongeBob guy were on my list of things to accomplish wow. today. Wow. Were we first or second? Which one was most important? I'm gonna say first just because I'm on <laughs> on it right now. Well, now you're on the first. show. Yeah. yeah. See, see yeah. there you go. All and right. SpongeBob guy. But, SpongeBob guy is pretty popular. It is. Joe yes. Noga wrote about him at Cleveland.com. Yeah. And once Noga writes about you, you know yeah. you've made it. He had jumping jellyfish in his lead. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Is that a SpongeBob reference? I don't know. Help us out. Uh, jellyfish? Yeah, that's like a song. Yeah, it's a little bit, a little bit of reference. Yeah. Well, thanks for stopping by and saying hi. Oh, no problem. I was I get nervous for like five minutes. Like, should I interrupt? Should I just walk up? Yeah. Just interrupt nervous. us. Every time you see us, just interrupt. Well, thank you. See, people love us. <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah. I, so, prospects. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm glad that we follow a team that is interesting. 
I think what team would you, would have you just pulling your hair out in aggravation? I mean, imagine covering like so. So this is going to be my Jesus thirteenth season, and we're old. You're old. I mean, like 2011 and 2012 under Manny Acta didn't go very well. But 2011, they at least, like, I mean, they were 30 and 15. And by the time I started covering them every day, once I graduated college that summer, like, they were hanging around in the race. There have been so few seasons, maybe none, that, like, you go into it thinking, this is going to be brutal. You know, that death march to 100 losses. 2021 was rough, but like you still didn't really know what the team had at the beginning of the year. There were still some good players, so you wondered. But I'm just thinking about like all the interesting storylines and and players to like if you did a players to watch article for this season, like there would be like 30. names, Right? And there yes. And there are I mean there are so many like if you covered the Reds right now, you'd be pulling your hair out. That's what I mean. I, I I'm trying to think of all of the winters where we've struggled, really struggled to get through it. And I think it really set in when we were doing our, our last show over at Patreon, patreon.com slash Selby is Godcast, where you had mentioned that we were four weeks away from the start of spring training. And that just about knocked me over when I went back and listened to it. Yeah. That we're right here. And usually by this time, by this time, three weeks now, we're, we're really, we're really stretching. We're what are we going to talk about? And you just can't wait for spring training to start because then it's about Bradley Zimmer. <laughs> I have never once felt that this offseason. Yeah. Never once. Now, I mean, we have talked about some of the same things throughout some given weeks, but they're all very important topics. There were times where we would go through, I just felt like we were making stuff up to try to make it interesting. This offseason has been a lot of fun. I love doing this show with you. Year after year, like it's it gets more and more fun, I think. And I will admit, there were times a year ago where, when I knew we were recording the next morning, and I sat down at some point the day before and tried to rack my brain to think of topics, and nothing was coming up. And I'm like, God, can't we just skip it this week? <laughs> and like. I'd rather talk about boring, nothing topics with you than not talk about anything or not have the podcast. But you're right. It's like we've put off topics this offseason for weeks at a time because we just can't get to them because there's so much to discuss. Well, not only – I don't think it's, it's not uh, forced. Exactly. It's not so much that I – there were times where I don't want to sit down and do the show because I don't like talking about the minutia of baseball with you. It's that are we doing a good enough show – are we doing – a the responsible thing for our listeners and even releasing this is it even remotely listenable linda would say yes <laughs> and thank you those are the types of of listeners that kept us doing it by the yeah. way all right i'm going all the way down here that has it has never felt like a chore it has never felt like a chore at, at any point this off season and you know you keep mentioning that you want to talk about the the best chance for this team to go win a world title when that's going to be and, and I mentioned in the, our opening segment you start a winter or you start a an off season you don't always know what your emotions are going to be by the time you get to to October 
you do this every single, if you have a, a guards fest, you do this every single winter right before spring training and you have some level of optimism, but you don't know all of the things that you're going to experience. How can you in the next year? That's the fun of this time of year that it seems like anything is possible, but also their best chance to go win a championship very well may be 2023. Could be. I think that's that's crazy, but it's true. And if I would have told you that a year ago, I don't think. I mean, because you can say all the like the the players obviously are gonna say we believed in ourselves, and like Josh Naylor was vehemently saying today, I just trusted that we were good. I'm never gonna like say, hey, I I really think we can finish in third place this year. No, I mean, I every player. Goes into thing, goes into a season believing in themselves, oh, believing in the team, because that's just the competitive athlete that you are. Why would you think any other way? But I can tell you, I had conversations with people in spring training last year, front office members who were saying, like, who were targeting 2024 as the year they thought they could really contend, contend for the playoffs, not win the World Series, but do what they did last season. So when you change the timeline and. One of the things we said repeatedly last year on this show was sometimes your timeline gets dictated for you. You don't always get to dictate it. So when it does change, are you in position to capitalize on it? I think they did a, a decent job of that this offseason. Josh Bell is really good. Mike Zanino can at least be an upgrade over Hedges. But it's, it's the internal talent. And can you get more players to take steps forward? Does it happen this year? I just, I just, the timeline is so fascinating to me, especially on the pitching side, because I don't, I don't. What is the start? What is the World Series rotation? Is it Bieber, McKenzie, Quantrill? Is it Bieber, McKenzie trade acquisition, or is it Bieber, Espino, McKenzie, Williams? Is it, is it not Bieber? Is it McKenzie, Bybee, Williams, Savali? Like there are so many possible iterations and so much of it is timeline dependent and I have no idea how that's going to play out but I think it's a pretty significant factor on the answer to this question well that's why I said in response to which one is the more interesting conversation at the outset of the season is it the one that's tied to the lineup or is it the one that's tied to the rotation at the beginning of the season it's absolutely the lineup for me but once we see how those pieces start to blend I think there's only so many, unless there's injuries or guys are just real bad. There's only so many different ways they're going to stack that together. The pitching could be put together a thousand different ways. The game two starter we might not even be thinking of today. It could, it could be Cody Morris. I was just going to say that. Could be Cody Morris. Could be Cody Morris. And he could even start. Here's the other Logan thing. Logan Allen. We've talked about, well, we don't want to put Cody Morris in the bullpen because that could take away from his ability to be lengthened out. He could start the year in the bullpen and be starting a playoff game by the end of the year. That's how much this could change. And I could make a case for a lot of guys in the minor leagues giving you some very valuable innings. But a lot of that stuff's not going to play out for weeks and perhaps even months. I This happens in every sport. I think more so in football and baseball than basketball. But people just fall off a cliff. And other people spring up out of nowhere I'm just like hungry all day and 
It's just so much changes year to year. Which leads me to some of these names. Like I thought Cam Hill was going to be the setup man in Cleveland for a long time. What happened to him? That that guy looked like he was going to be the next Cody Allen. I thought James Hoyt was going to be, be a valuable bullpen member, so much so that I wrote a feature story on him. I think Fangraphs agreed with you. Maybe that was Fangraphs. I, I, I thought Daniel Johnson was going to be a key contributor. Good platoon outfielder. Yeah. These are all players whose jerseys <laughs> are available for sale at Guards Fest today. <laughs> Want to hear who else? Do I want to hear who else? Did you bring your sounders to our remote location? Oh, I did. And now it's time for the random Cleveland used to play here guy of the day. I love that I can see how proud you are of that in person. (laughs) Will you perform the Triple H uh, Motorhead song? Yeah, I'm going to do it with the hot dogs. (laughs) So while you were gone... In between uh, recordings here, the visual I can't shake. The they were interviewing a few of the younger kids on the field, and the MC here asked the kid, "What's their favorite condiment on their hot dog?" The kid said, "I don't like hot dogs." Whoa! So now we know who the favorite player is of that kid that does not like hot dogs. Ahmed Rosario's son. All right, ready for this list? Yes. So I mentioned Cam Hill, James Hoyt, Daniel Johnson. How about Justin Garza? Remember him? Yeah. How about Gavin Collins? Does that name ring a bell? Nope. I have a I have a Gavin Collins story. Are you ever gonna share it? Yeah. So he's been in big league camp for the last few years. Uh, he's been in the minor league system. And you always need a ton of catchers for spring training because you use a ton of pitchers and you don't want to get your catchers too beat up. Um, I learned Gavin Collins and I get our hair cut at the same place. No way. Yeah. No way. I mean, your, your barber stories have been legendary on this show. Have they? Yeah. We at one point talked about... This is how slow an offseason probably went. At one point we talked about... The struggles of going to a new barber. Yes. Yeah, so we've talked and about And my it. barber changed locations, so I drive an exorbitant right. amount of time now. The plight of your barber's stories. To, uh, yeah. Get my hair cut by Kevin, who's the best. And he cut Gavin Collins' hair. Okay, where is that sponsorship? Yeah, really. Uh, how about Blake Parker? Sure. On his jersey? How about Delino DeShields Jr.? No, I don't. I don't Good want dude. That. How about Jordan Luplo? Yeah, good fit on this team. Yeah, well, too late. Yeah, it can't happen. So, if you were, if you're a left-handed person and you see that, are you scared? Yes. Do you know that you can purchase the jersey of all three players Cleveland acquired for Jan Gomes from the Nationals? (laughs) Daniel Johnson. Can you name the other two? Um, there's a pitcher. Okay, here's a weird question. Oh, why is his name slipping like, my mind? Jeffrey Rodriguez. Yeah, that was. I couldn't remember if it was Jeffrey or Jeffrey. And how about infield you prospect know, Andrew Monasterio? Or Legos. 
No recollection of him. Michael Martinez. Too soon. Speaking of too soon, before you got here early this morning, I witnessed Charles Nagy pitching to a like four-year-old, and the the four-year-old hit a line drive over Nagy's head up the middle. Still have not recovered. Poetic. Still have not recovered. Anybody else have a fun hobby? Heath Hembry. What is it? Yeah. Cool. What's your favorite game? Wilson Ramos. Ooh. Nice. I wonder how I'm he's doing. Kyle Nelson. Former Nelson. roommate, college Kyle teammate Nelson. of Shane Bieber at UC Santa Barbara. Shane Bieber getting married today, by the way. Congrats. Yep. Kyle Nelson's there. Roblox. It's all the rage. Scott Moss. <laughs> Fortnite, yeah. Scott Moss. Okay. JC Mejia. All right. This is our last well, No, I think it's Francisco better. Mejia. Francisco Mejia. He's number 73. I think Francisco Mejia wore that in spring. Which would you rather have? Which player? Yeah. No, not the player. The uniform. Francisco, I guess. JC Mejia, isn't that more random? I figured you'd want that. Cesar Hernandez. Ernie Clement. And then a bunch of coaches. DeMarlo Hale. Brad Mills, Mike Sarbaugh, and Ruben Niebla. I need to know if at least one person has purchased one of those jerseys for the the only reason being they want to end up in your story. Well, our buddy Chris, yes. longtime listener, bought a Tanner Tully, which is going to be amazing in five years. That is a true investment. Yeah. You can't be thinking about right now. Did you say it was about 50 bucks? Does that sound right? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, hopefully, they keep it away from their new puppy. Yes. <laughs> don't, don't want anything bad to happen. So one of my favorite things about this event every year is they just find whatever we got laying around and we'll try to sell. Do you think they they only do Guards Fest so they can have a garage sale? Yes. <laughs> this is all an elaborate scheme to get stuff out of the garage. Genius. <laughs> I think we need to do a Selfie is God cast fest. And I will have a garage sale in the back. <laughs> and not even just like Guardians items. It's just no, just stuff <laughs> I have around the house. What's in your attic? <laughs> I need so much help getting all that stuff out of there. What am I gonna do with this little? You, know, you have the the walkers that babies use with the wheels on the front. They look. Yeah. I'm sure you have one. Yeah. one okay. I've got like three of those. What am I supposed to do with that now? And, and, and nobody wants the used one. They want the brand new one for their right. baby. And I can't gift that to somebody because they say, look at this cheapskate. You just gave me a used All right, one. run it out, run it out. Next batter up. Yeah. Head on down. I think it's a good idea. All right, well, we'll see where we're at on that. Well, this has been fun. I don't know if it had any direction at all. I think those are the best ones sometimes. And this isn't it for us right, from Guards Fest. Nice we're going to go grab... Whoever we can get, throw them in this chair across from us, and do some Patreon content for everybody. So if you'd like to hear more from us, from Guards Fest, how can they do that, Zach? Patreon.com slash Godcast. Where else can people listen to this show? Podbean. Stitcher? Is that a thing still? I think it is. Apple. That is Spotify. SoundCloud? Uh, no SoundCloud. So how no. Are 
Odyssey? Nope. Are we an Odyssey station? I think you can find us on iHeartRadio somehow. Really? Yeah. I didn't say they could do that, but it's on there now. I don't know how that happened. Napster? Don't download us from Napster. We will LimeWire. And uh, don't download anything from LimeWire and then wonder what happened to your computer. Cannot tell you anything positive happened. Actually. I always thought the government was going to come knock on my college door and find me like $7 million. Nope. Just uh, drummers from Metallica. Those would be the only people that would care about that. Well, this was fun. Again, we will see you over at Patriot, hopefully. And if not, we'll see you in the very near future back on Apple Podcasts, Google Stitcher, and Spotify. And follow us on YouTube. Give us a like there, subscribe there, follow us there, whatever the lingo is. And uh, help, uh, help us get the show to some more people. Have a good weekend, everybody. Have a good week, and we'll see you soon. Bye.